Welcome to Stidia Cast, where Stidia trash meets Stidia garbage to be a complete Stidia dumpster heap. This season, we are talking about the episodes of Teen Wolf that have made us laugh, cry, and fangirl. Because Lydia Martin loves Style Stalinsky and he loves her too. This is Stidia Cast, and Canon is maybe finally delivering. Hello and welcome to season three, episode seven of StidiaCast, where we're going to be discussing Teen Wolf season six, episode seven, Heartless, also known as the filler episode. As you may have noticed, I am not Rongasm Rachel. I am It's Always Lydia Rachel. Um, Rachel Rongasm has taken a lovely sojourn to the West Coast and is currently hunting down Jeff Davis as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to be taking over hosting duties today, and I am supported in this by the lovely... I'm Claire. I'm Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr. I'm Maggie. I'm Red Queen Dancy on Tumblr. And I'm Rosemary, and I am Row Your Boat on Tumblr. Okay. So this episode, you guys, we were talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And we really feel like this is an episode where they wanted to write other things happening, but because of the film schedule kerfuffle, they could not have have that. They did not get that. So instead, we're going to talk about it as best we can. I have potato chips less salty than we're about to be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were the high points in the episode were very high, I think. Yeah. Which, Which made the low points even yeah, so, like, it saved it, but did it really? Did it want to be saved? I don't think so. I think it wanted to stay getting its heart ripped out, so... Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I appreciate you. That was bad. Well, thank you. Okay, so, speaking of heart ripped out, like, the best transition in the world, um, Theo opens up this episode with his own personal hell with the Skinwalkers. Yeah. There was there was a lot of it. We could have done with a few less. Yeah, I think I agree. Rosemary, tell tell what your interpretation was because of your stream. Oh, so I was hilarious. I was I was watching a really shitty stream and it was pretty late at night and I was like, Oh, did this stream just like start over? It looks like the same thing is happening again. And then I realized what was happening because it was obvious that it was happening, but the first two were just so similar that I was why do I need to watch this again? For five minutes straight. That is five minutes of my life that I will never get back. Also, it was gross. Like, this was another one of those calling back to... It was either the first or second episode of Teen Wolf of the season that was just, like, flat-out yucky. Yeah, I was live-blogging this episode, and I think I actually wrote out this episode... Like, Teen Wolf is so fucking gross. Why do I watch <laughs> this show? But, personally, I the opening scene because one I love all the angst and just give it to me two I love seeing Theo in pain and three as soon as it opened up and he was in the morgue immediately I was like Allison and I feel like like recently I just feel like Teen Wolf has been calling indirectly like Allison Argent vibes by using her scream and then this was very reminiscent of um Kate after she comes back from the ice bath and is being like haunted and I don't know 
it was just so reminiscent of Alison Argent that it was jarring to me. Well, like, and I agree me. with that's you, and I, I like all the things that it did completely, and I think it was necessary what it had to do for Theo's character, but I didn't like the way it did it. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. <laughs> it does to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I think that it was very purposeful in that it was trying to make us feel pity for Theo. Because, let's be real, Theo's getting a redemption arc. It's coming. So Sigh. that was the purpose of that opening sequence. At least they made a choice about something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, for me, I liked it because of the mythology they were drawing from. Um, Prometheus is cursed to constantly getting his inner organs, like picked out for bringing light to the or fire to the humans and then Sisyphus his personal hell is he's got to roll that rock up the um up the hill and it falls down every single day so like I love when they kind of really go hard and delve into their Greek mythology and Theo does mean god in Greek and I said that his sister's name was Thea it's not it is Terra which I heard in the dialogue but I thought I read as Thea in the end credits but I was just completely mishearing it it's totally Terra so luckily their names aren't Theo and Thea. But... Terrible parents. I know. Speaking of going hard, I have such a boner for Rachel right now. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they chose the name Tara because it means Earth. And mm. she pulls him back down under the Earth. That's really cool if that's what they decided to, if that's really where they picked it from. Because I think they spelled it T-A-R-A, which oh, made me think boo. of, which made me think of, I mean, it, I think it still means the same thing, but... Tara spelled that way was like Willow's girlfriend in Buffy who like originated the lesbian gets shot in the stomach and dies <laughs> trope <laughs> so but I know that Jeff really loved Buffy so that's what I thought it was drawn from but if he really likes copying other people's ideas yes yeah. and like <laughs> the cat's name in season four was Willow with uh, the Wendigo family so oh yeah um, <clears throat> so yeah, I guess we're all pretty just, like, lukewarm on Theo's hell. It was shot beautifully in very horror movie. It really movie. was. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't make me pity him at all. It made me think he was just really dumb. Because it's like, dude, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> just don't get out of the body case. Like, that's what I was thinking. Stay in there. Take a little nap. <laughs> it just happens. So maybe, like, at least, at the very least, let her totally come to you this time and just hey. stop Maybe he's claustrophobic. Ooh. Game changer. <laughs> okay, then forget everything that I just said. Okay, fine. <clears throat> so after Theo's, like, five minutes of torture for both him and us, <laughs> we get, <laughs> we go to basically where 2.0 explains their great idea. Torturize. Yeah. Uh, great idea, quotation marks. Because, and what I guess... This scene, like, started off poorly for me, no matter what, because it seemed like they were trying to tell Scott that the reason why they didn't immediately send Theo back into the ground after the lightning thing failed was because he said, I remember Styles." <clears throat> and this is another part where I think, there were rewrites? <laughs> <clears throat> Perhaps. Because... We know that they don't remember Styles. In fact, just yesterday, they released the plot synopsis for Memory Found, and it says that Scott, Malia, and Lydia are trying to remember Styles frantically, so... I love Dean Wolf. That makes no damn sense. Uh. 
And yet we spent all this time analyzing <clears throat> and trying to find. <laughs> no, I just didn't think it was ridiculous. They were like, I don't remember Styles. You remember Styles. And I was like, I get what you're trying to say that you remember that he exists, but you don't remember him. I get that. Poor writing, friends. Poor writing. If your audience is clueless on what you're trying to talk about, you're doing it wrong. No, I agree completely. I thought that <clears throat> Malia didn't mean I remember Styles literally. She now she's meaning I accept the fact that he exists and I don't need anyone else who remembers him to come convince me like I'm already in it. Yeah. And then Theo throws out like wait, like if you're trying to catch a ghost rider, I have something I know about something that can help you do that, the transformer in the Dread Doctor's lair. Why they didn't choose to just immediately send him back to hell after that because Theo's contribution once they got to the lair was to flick a switch. I cannot that was say. Really hard. Really I know, maybe it was like a werewolf switch. <laughs> <laughs> he needed all that strength to do it. Um, no, well, he is still a chimera, technically, so maybe it was like a special chimera switch, and they don't have any more of those, because he killed them all! <laughs> so useful, see? I know. <laughs> I don't enjoy Theo. I don't enjoy what they're doing here. I'm mad they're doing the redemption arc. I miss Kira. Why the hell do we have this guy when we could have had Kira? This is thing, these are things we've talked about many times, so I'm not going to go into more detail. But I look at him and think of Kira and get angry. But off the Kira thing, not to, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because, like, we won't come back from it. No. But just very quickly saying that Kira would have fit so much easier into a plot than what they are trying trying so hard to do with Theo and to justify it. Kira well, and I think the pack dynamic would have been better, too. I mean, there's yes. such this disconnect right now between 2.0 and the rest of the pack, and I feel like her personality is naturally a better way to join those together. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. If that's what you were trying to do, Kira would have slid in seamlessly, whereas they just are trying to trying to force the Theo thing, and it doesn't make any sense, other than white boy loving. I think <clears throat> that Kira would have been more on Lydia's side earlier, too, because Kira's yes. a very trusting character. Malia yeah. is naturally suspicious. I mean, Scott trusted Lydia initially, but then he got so caught up in wanting to save other people. I feel like Kira, because she's a very, like, one-on-one person, like, she will she will sit down and talk with you. Like, she sat down and talked with Mason, talked with Mason yeah. last season, um, just because he wanted to show her something about Kitsune lore that I feel like she would have sat Lydia down similar to the way Natalie sat Lydia down and kind of say like, okay, well tell me what you think and we'll try and figure it out. And then Lydia would have made that connection with the wild hunt because of Kira's lightning so quickly. And she would have had this hard evidence to back it up where something with Kira's lightning could have, you know, triggered something else with the wild hunt or she could have fended one of them off with it. Like it would have been much easier. So much better. But we're all angry. We need to move on. I know. I was going to say, wow. We said, let's not talk forever about Kira. And then let's talk forever <laughs> about Kira. But um, so we had like, with 2.0, we have a polarizing opinion where I think that Hayden was the most likable member of 2.0 after Mason. Always after Mason. Always <laughs> first. But yeah. Maggie oh. disagrees with me. And my reasoning was I felt at least Hayden, despite being still annoying, had a conviction and her characterization was consistent throughout the episode and that she was going to stick with this risk of bringing back Theo no matter what because you know what they did it and they needed to exhaust all possibilities whereas Liam from convincing Scott 
to In the Woods with Theo and Hayden said, this was the worst plan ever. Why did we do this? Oh, God. So that's why I thought Hayden was the the least annoying after Corey. Well, and how can, how can Hayden, who has the least personality, be written consistently? Like, this is, this is a paradox that the, the writers have done. They have written a bad character consistently, and I still have no idea what she's about. How? It's very How? easy to write with no feeling. It's like you write a really... You just write dialogue without attaching any sort of inflection or emotion to it, and just keep writing it like that, and you've got Hayden Romero. Mm-hmm. I just... The reason why I disliked Hayden so strongly this episode, I've never hated her more... <laughs> Is because she opened her mouth to argue against Scott. And the second that she did that, I was like, you're fucking dead to me. I was like, dead. On my shit list. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Scott saved your fucking life. You wouldn't even exist if it weren't for Scott McCall. And you're going to go against him right now? Bitch, he's the true alpha. I was getting, I'm, I'm still, I'm getting fired up right now just talking about it. I was so angry. I feel like Hayden is just constantly, like, talking back and not staying she's in her talking. lane she's just talking no i would she's say she's running, mostly just she's talking running her fucking mouth and i'm about to oh oh i'm so angry at her she just like she does it all, all up she does it all with that terrible look on her face that like is partially yeah confused, but also partially bitchy that i just like don't understand because even what she said to malia terrible yeah like even what she said to malia like you have a better idea or just, like, something like that. It was so off-putting. And I was like, <laughs> listen, I don't, you know, Malia's, I like Malia, but I was ready to throw hands for Malia when she said that. She's just so off-putting to me in this episode, and it was just, it was alarming. Like, she, she just drove me fucking nuts. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like I mean, her. I still don't like Hayden, <laughs> but I liked her the most I've then I've liked her a while. For the majority of this episode, I guess. I've only been mad at her before for not having a personality and for having too much screen time. I yes. am now mad because she never stops talking and yet is saying nothing. No, yeah, yeah. she's she doesn't say much often, but at least she was saying the same thing over and over again, which could not be said for Liam. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's be oh, Liam is just like a fish out of water flopping Because see, my biggest, yeah. my biggest moment of anger in this episode was when Liam was like, you made a lot of mistakes when you were trying to learn how to be an alpha too. And I was like, okay, you literally brought back someone who murdered somebody you're supposed to care about, Scott. And Scott's mistake where one time he beat himself up so bad because he thought Derek had died that he wouldn't allow himself to heal. And like all this other stuff that was basically... What a mistake. <laughs> Like, I was really trying hard to think of, like, I I consider, like, season three, like, Scott's learning to be an alpha more than season four, because Scott's mistake was biting Liam. He thought he was saving him, but he should not have bitten somebody without, you know, like, out of the blue like that. And then we wouldn't have this. I know, seriously, like, mistake on so many levels. Um... But, like, so that made me angrier than Hayden being like, no, it's a good idea, we need to stick to it. Because Liam seems to presume so much about what Scott is thinking and about what Scott has done and he just truly grasps none of it. He understands none of it. Like, guess what, Liam? Your true love fucking came back. Scott did it. Like, bite me. (laughs) But also, when Liam says that, it's like, such a little, little shit. 
Because when Scott was learning how to be alpha, or when Scott was even learning at all how to be a werewolf, he had, like, little to no guidance. I wouldn't call Derek and Peter Hale role models. No. Liam, however, is learning how to be in a pack, to be how to be an alpha. He has probably the greatest role model of all time. You should be not making mistakes, or at well, least half as many as you are. And he's like, regressing. Like, at the beginning yes. of the season, we had that big show of you need to learn how to be a leader. And honestly, he's back to being the bratty little shit. Yeah, he, like, he went back on his own plan (laughs) within five minutes. Like, the writers forgot about that, to be honest. We need Coach back up in here to just be like, Liam. (laughs) Dumb bar. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb bar. (laughs) Dumb bar. (laughs) But, so, yeah. But back to Scott, because, unfortunately, our conversation about Scott in this episode is going to have to be brief, because Scott was in the background for every single one of his scenes, saying only maybe three or to five sentences. But Maggie did point out that he was very alpha this season, so I'm going to let her take that, since it's one of her passions. Yes, true alpha Scott McCall. Nothing gives me greater pleasure. Um, he, I found him to be very alpha in this episode, and I was so happy. Um, just, like, I loved when he true alpha'd out and was able to close the gate and trap the Ghost Rider. It was hot. I was so happy. And that quick little soliloquy he had where he said i'm coming i'm gonna come for everybody i'm not gonna stop like i'm gonna rescue everyone and i was like yes yes scott mccall yes i'm so excited i just love it when we get those scenes of scott just showing how passionate and how much he cares for everybody and he's not willing to compromise his ideals just for safety and security like he's gonna put everything on the line and he's gonna do it for other people so I was so happy to see that quick little scene of Scott. It was brief, but it fueled me. It was wonderful. Speaking of true alphaness, and this does not make up for him totally being shunned this episode, but it did give me some satisfaction. Um, this was all like Liam's plan and 2.0 was going to, you know, get everything done. And when... They are all in there and kind of watching the Ghost Rider in his cage, and they're trying to talk to him. And all of a sudden, the Ghost Rider looks at Scott. Yes. Where's everyone else? And they're like, oh, they realize Scott's the alpha, not Liam, you little bitch. So that was kind of a, it was a moment of um, validation for me. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Everyone knows it's Scott. It's not you. Because, like, as much as he's trying to teach Liam how to be a leader and how to be a stronger person, I think it's really important to constantly acknowledge that Scott has this inner trait that makes it not easy for him, but it's just something in him that people can see yeah. and they can notice because he, like, like we said many times this season of StudioCast, Scott keeps getting pushed back this season which is very jarring because they are trying to get back styles who is like you know the thing scott would miss most if he was in the triwizard tournament um (laughs) (laughs) so like just the the fact that other outside sources will validate that made me really happy because with coach he for some reason like gassed up liam for staying in the rain in the lacrosse game but scott was literally right there next to him too and like I get that Scott had said he didn't want to be captain to focus on schoolwork for this, so that's maybe why Coach picked on Liam to be the good thing. 
But I don't like it when other characters aren't like more aware of everything that Scott has done and can do because of who he is, because he's a true alpha. Like that was such a big part of season three when how Deucalion thought he, that Scott would become a true alpha. And then 3B, how Scott had to prove that he wasn't just a true alpha in name, he could do it. So like I was, I screamed when the ghost rider looked over at him because I was like, yes. is he going to try and hurt him? Or, and then he was like, oh. They know. <laughs> so let's go to Lydia's scenes, which were the previously mentioned high points of this episode, where she's talking with her mama on the bed, thinking about Caleb and Lenore. She looked gorgeous. Can I just say that it was possibly yeah. like she's always gorgeous. It was one of her most beautiful moments to me. That she was just so serene in her thought. Like, the way she she looked as she was thinking, but you knew all the stuff was going on in her head. Yeah, also, she's just so been happy. ethereal this whole season. Just gorgeous. Like, so happy that Natalie is so finally behind her. Which, like, the poor girl just needed her mom mm-hmm. to, like, leave her and not put her in a fucking mental institution. But now that she is, like, they're, they were bouncing ideas off of each other. And it was great to finally see her have that kind of parental support um i'm sad she didn't have it earlier because it yeah. was really effective here not just for lydia but i think for the audience too mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it's just it was a really nice nice scene to watch it was sweet i yeah, love it's definitely been redeeming herself lately and when lydia mentioned the raymond hypothesis i, I was just about to say <laughs> well what i loved about that scene was with um what Claire was saying with like, and Rosemary was saying how she looked so serene and what she was thinking about, like when that scene opened, I initially thought, Oh, this reminds me of when like styles went to her in Eichen house where we know there's so much going on in the back of her head because she's training with Meredith, but she looks, you know, uh, catatonic. And then they mentioned the Riemann hypothesis, which is the first thing that style says to her when he comes to see her at Eichen. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Like, and I mean, it's so so small. This studio connection right here is so small, <laughs> but it made me so happy to in in the context of the entire scene with someone it coming to give her support. So very deliberate, and I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the writing of this episode, I will say they did have a good idea of stuff from previous seasons that could be thrown in, like a little sprinkling on top to invoke the image of the salt bay who <laughs> salt puts salt on the meat. <laughs> Um, so Lydia realizes that it's possible that the sheriff, um, is, has somehow conjured Claudia to cover up how he's missing Styles. And Natalie says, if you're right, are you really going to tell him? Little does she know the sheriff has, with his bare hands, ripped a hole in his own wall. <laughs> Which is the greatest. I know. I think it's funny how you guys were calling him daddy last episode, and then he proceeded to be daddy <laughs> AF. <laughs> yeah. I know. We got to see her being scared again. Um, so this this part kind of confused me because again, this episode was clearly rewritten and redone. But the sheriff has changed shirts when 
he calls Lydia, but Lydia's outfit hasn't changed. So I guess he just called her to come over at 10 p.m. And maybe he like sat on it all day, like this room. Um, Because Lydia seems like she's in casual clothes. Dust on his shirt or like wood dust or like whatever. I guess that's true. He wanted to clean up. Um, And so and then we get the Jersey scene, which all of us have been waiting for. But it wasn't just the Jersey scene because all of us. Our, our dear, sweet summer children that we are, we're thinking Lydia's going to find his jersey somewhere in the Jeep, in her room, somewhere like in the locker room. And instead, Lydia Martin and her banshee powers with her emotional tether to Style Solinsky is able to conjure up his entire room as he left it, picks up the jersey, smells it, it, smells it, because, it because girl knows what's up. <laughs> and she is... Even though the sheriff doesn't see it initially, when she throws it to him, just that, like, action and that belief and Seraph's willingness to, like, let his guard down for a second conjures the jersey into existence and he catches it. So, ladies, tell me, how are you? <laughs> oh, God. That's the her, her hand reaching out to it on the chair and I'm like on the edge of the couch like is she gonna be is she actually gonna be able is she is she I don't I don't know I don't know and then she did and I was like oh Jesus and then she was holding it and it was amazing (laughs) but I was like she can see all of this can she actually interact with it and she can and then when she realized the sheriff couldn't see it and she was so heartbroken and I did not expect the throw at all I didn't I thought she was gonna like you know give up and then try another tactic or something the throw and then all of a sudden he was holding it I was like okay I am pleased with this as a whole I am pleased that was another beautifully shot scene yes it really was and beautifully edited I know I'm very critical of the editing sometimes in this show um it was a beautifully edited scene so props Mm. to that person yeah i think the director especially loved this scene because she was on twitter talking about it a little bit and she actually said like holland's acting in this scene was mesmeric like she didn't want to look away as she was shooting it because holland was so committed to every single changing emotion that lydia was going through from walking into the room and knowing it exists and then starting to see everything and the first thing she saw was his bed y'all the first thing she saw was the bed yeah, it's just everything about that scene was just incredible, and it really, I'm sure everybody's heart was, like, in their throat the entire time, like mine was, and just the fact that she pulled his jersey from another dimension, like, can you imagine being so connected to another person that that could happen? Only Lydia and Styles can do that. That is incredible. And the fact that she, if you, like... Someone did a close-up of it, but, I mean, you see the tear. You mm-hmm. see her, like, sniff the jersey, but she also pushes her lips into yeah. the jersey. Yep. I'm like, did she... I just can't believe, like, how strongly she feels about Styles. I mean, Styles has her sprung. Like, he has <laughs> got her sprung. And she... Just that whole scene was just so incredible to watch, and I was thrilled by it. Yeah. And I'm she, ready for their reunion now. Seriously. Let's go. It's gonna be good. We, we won't get the specific details in the reunion of like how she most likely about how she got her his dad to believe in him again. But like, damn, would that make a good fanfic of <laughs> realizing that she pulled his jersey from another fucking dimension? Can you imagine? 
imagine the look on his face. <laughs> but now, like, does she keep the jersey? Does the sheriff keep the jersey? I think. Do they, like, sit there and, like, sniff it together? <laughs> what happens now? <laughs> she sleeps in it on her side of the bed, which coincidentally is not Styles' side of the bed. Oh, God, I want to oh. die. <laughs> so that those Lydia scenes were incredible and i think that the only point of 2.0 for me and parish and malia and peter was their last five minutes awkwardly enough like it was just messing around for a while but to recap parish can talk to the ghost riders even though he didn't realize it earlier this season the ghost i know the ghost riders want parish to join them because hellhound mythology and wild hunt mythology are closely intertwined so i'm not surprised that they almost got him and then Malia and Peter are, like, kind of trying to go find the portal, but then the Ghost Riders come, so Peter's like, wait, run! But luckily, the Nazi werewolf, who is sporting a German or British accent, depending on the wind change, um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> he decided to fully commit to his character in this episode. Ser- seriously, and he noms the Ghost Riders, uh pineal gland and is able to use the whip and he zaps Corey out of existence thank god and the only person to cry was mason but i feel bad when mason cries yay but now brayson can ride i know where's mason i'm so excited (laughs) where's mason in his vest let's get over here buddy Ugh, i keep forgetting that nazi werewolf exists like i just keep forgetting about it he was so in it last episode with 2.0 and then he vanished to like kill a ghost rider what the heck oh and they think theo did it so they're gonna send him back but they're definitely completely not that's just like a little threat that they threw in there well they don't think he did it now because conveniently they know about the murders over the past few months where someone's snacking on their pineal glands so they know theo didn't do it you can tell when i fell asleep in this episode (laughs) okay do a, a, a quickie shout out to the scene when um uh just the whole hospital scene with peter malia and melissa with melissa jamming that syringe into peter's chest God bless. and then when they're in the elevator and he's like we never got that second date and drop they just <laughs> both dropped and i was like that, that was beautiful yeah. i like how malia and peter like kind of want to have a connection but they both deeply dislike each other it's kind of great i i kind of like that that's the baseline that they're going for i believe peter caring about malia a lot more after this episode as opposed to when styles was telling him you care about malia yeah and all the like you have no self-preservation skills how are you my daughter yeah so this episode as you can tell it was kind of all over the place kind of a mess but in the end it's time for red string ratings so, what do you guys think? I'll go last. Um, but, Claire, how about you go first? Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this one a solid four, um, because it really... The studio stuff really got me, but it was it was heavily dragged down by the 2.0 lack thereof of a storyline. Um, but still, still slightly positive. Uh, Maggie? Um, I feel like I'm notorious for overscoring it, so I feel like this might come out of the blue, but I give it a 3.5. I love the studio, I love the Scott, but unfortunately there's just not, not enough to sustain me. Um, 
and for the most part, I was looking away from the screen because 2.0 was on and I don't care. So I'm going to say 3.5, um, but, you know, Lydia and Scott saved it for what it was. I'm going to 2.7. Ooh. I, I usually go fairly high. I usually Going straight for the heart. <laughs> I usually do the low ball. The, the highs are really high. The lows are really low. The stupid was really stupid. <laughs> that is a great yeah <laughs> see I want that on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> yes please coming to city cast merch store um uh-huh. so i'm gonna agree with maggie i gave it a 3.5 and that's pretty much for rosemary's reasoning in that i was very 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 bored with the amount of 2.0 but whenever the scene like took a moment to acknowledge scott and his importance and during lydia's scenes I was really happy. So it, it carried over a little bit, but not too, too much. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to read some questions from you guys. And to clarify, if you're still with us, we are usually trying to record on Thursdays. So if you can get us questions between Tuesday night and Thursday about the episode of Teen Wolf, not necessarily about our last episode of City of Cast, that's when you should send them. <laughs> Um, we'll let you know if we're recording later, so if we need to open up for more questions. Here's what. Uh, what are your thoughts on Melina's episode? Like, I don't understand how she went from Styles Not Real to I Am Not Leaving Without Styles. It reminds me of how the relationship went from Malia punching Styles to sex. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> um, I think that Malia's turnaround was mostly caused by the issue that happened in Canaan, where she was almost drowned by a demon ghost child conjuration. So if that can be real and an entire town can vanish, why not Styles real? (laughs) But I don't think she remembers him. She agrees he exists. Yeah, and I think if it weren't for the convincing of Scott and Lydia, then she would be indifferent to it. You know, I feel like she's very loyal, as Peter mentioned to Scott. And so when Scott's on board, Malia's on board. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that she comes back to he's the root of my humanity, and I, I'm learning that still. I don't think that's an excuse to say she's dependent on him, as we've discussed before. Uh, but Malia's a badass, and I love her. Yeah, I said on Twitter that I think it's also partially that Malia hopes Styles is real because otherwise she's freaking out constantly for no reason and it doesn't make sense in her mind like she knows that she used to have control i feel as though lydia and scott also know she used to have control and now it's gone something's missing and if it's not him then what the hell is wrong with me kind of yeah so it's better to have an answer than to not exactly that got deep guys (laughs) We didn't talk about Malia very much this episode. Let's give her a moment of of character. (laughs) Which is sad because I actually really, really enjoyed her this episode. Um, I did as well. Mm -hmm. Me too. She was better this episode. Malia is better with a purpose, basically. Yes. If you make her aimless, we get confused because she's been around for so long that she shouldn't be able to become this lost. And honestly, I don't think she will ever, ever like Peter and Peter will ever like her and I like that we've established that they don't like each other that's the relationship let's move on mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no I think that's great 
So thank you so much for sending in your questions. Remember, if you want a question of yours to be featured on StudiaCast, make sure to send it anytime after the episode airs on Tuesday up until, let's say, Thursday afternoon. We try to record not too, too late. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time, yes, very important. We are East Coast, Watch Teen Wolf First Coast. So, <laughs> um, Rachel, Ron Gaslam, we'll be back next week. And for the last time as your host, I'm Rachel, and I'm It's Always Lydia on Tumblr. Oh, I'm Claire, and I'm Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr. I'm Maggie, I'm Red String Banshee on Tumblr. And I'm Rosemary, and I'm Row Your Boat on Tumblr, and you should listen to the podcast that I do with Claire, which is The Zelda Roy Show, which there's links to. I say there's links all up in City of Cast. Go support our oh, friends, yeah. you guys. Do, the thing. <laughs> do it. Do the thing. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's Stidia Cast. After next week's episode of Teen Wolf, tell us what you think of it by emailing stidiacast at gmail.com and your comment might be featured on our show. Don't forget to follow us on our Tumblr, Cast, or our Twitter, Stidia underscore cast. A special thanks to our editor, Rosemary, Row Your Boat on Tumblr, and to our wonderful anonymous donor for making season three of Cast possible. See you next week for more shenanigans. You bring the tissues and we'll... Actually, we should probably be bringing tissues too.